What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Diversity in Life podcast. My name is Devin Stidham. I'm your host, and today I'm joined uh, back again, Chris Mills. He was on our last episode. We're bringing him back to talk about uh, a couple of really interesting things. Uh, Chris, go ahead and say what's up to everybody, bud. How's it going? Uh, in this episode, we are going to be touching uh-huh. on a Gaia original, um, Missing Links. It's hosted by a guy named Greg Braden. We're going to talk about him a little bit. A little bit back uh, about his background, his credibility, and the, some of the content that he has on his show. Uh, we're also going to get into consciousness and spirituality, and then a little bit about the fear of death. So we're going to have a great episode uh, today. So first thing, Greg Braden. Um, I just now am getting into this. This is this is a crazy new source of information for me. Uh, for anybody out there that's listening, Greg Braden is a geologist and a scientist of of sorts, I guess. He's been all over the world. He's done what he does for, shit, I don't know, probably 20, 30 years now, maybe even longer. I don't know how old he is. I've not done that much research on him, but uh, give me your thoughts on Greg Brayton. What do you think about him, his content, the places he's been, the things he's seen? He was not, he has not been one of the main characters that I have followed over the years, but I, I've, I guess I'm more so familiar. He, I've watched a few of his episodes, but I'm more so familiar with, uh, him appearing in some of the other series, uh, that are kind of related to what his main, uh, his main topics that he, he, he discusses are, um, but I definitely think that he's a very credible individual. Um, he has never steered me in the wrong way. And all the stuff that I have watched or seen of his has always uh, been very, very interesting and, and had a lot of good information. Um, there is one really, really interesting episode that he has on, I believe it is Missing Links, that is... Uh, one is uh, called the cycles of time, and then there's another one that is um, that dives into the ancient origins of uh, humanity, and the origins of humanity one is incredibly intriguing because he, in a very brief period of time, brings up and shows a bunch of different anomalous objects out of place objects oh my god the out of place artifacts this is absolutely (laughs) insane i looked into this i have notes pulled up right here yeah guys the out of place artifacts by greg Braden will absolutely blow your socks off like i'm telling you right now uh, we're going to get into that in just a minute. That that one is really good. Yeah, that one stuck with me too, for sure, when I watched that episode. But, so, we're, to talk just briefly about energy fields, um, we were discussing earlier about auras around people. Uh, Greg Braden says that it is scientifically proven now that there's a donut-shaped energy field around every human being that's five to eight feet. So... From where me and you were sitting, it's interconnected right now. Our energy fields, right? And this is called the tube torus. We talked about auras earlier. What do you think about this? In in the experiences that you've had uh, with energy fields and auras, and we don't have to dive in or anything, but what do you think about that? If every human being having the energy field, that's that's five to eight feet around the physical body. Um, 
I can say that I would 100% believe that there is and and that it does not surprise me at all that it that they have been able to show it and prove it. Um, I've I think we've all had experience with the whole concept of, you know, you can feel someone's energy and both in a good and a bad way. And it's always easy to feel someone who's a very positive person who brings a very, you know, uh, lead, has a very leadership presence. They, they can, they, everybody always talks about it, especially with like athletes, how you can, a lot of times are, are very, very popular actors or anyone who's incredibly successful or a great in what they do. They will change the room whenever they enter it, and it's they say it's almost like you can feel them enter the room, which if you're thinking about this, it, quite frankly, it, they do. They literally do. Their energy is so high, highly vibrating that you can literally feel them energy presence and I know for a fact I've been in a lot of situations where I've not felt good energy and uh, speak from those experiences looking back that it was my gut feeling you know it's that's another one that you have to really that has to be connected to this in some way yeah and it is too there's scientific proof of it which yeah. is crazy we're going to get into that very soon so the next thing I want to talk about Greg Braden is uh, the origin of human life. So this really intrigues me. And I actually had a conversation with uh, a guy at work about this earlier. I asked him if he'd ever heard of Gobekli Tepe. And uh, he told me no. He was like, no, I've never heard of it. What is that? And I told him um, that this is a, uh, a site that they found in Turkey. I don't know when it was discovered exactly, but... 90s. The 90s? Was it in the 90s? Yeah. Okay. Oh, here, you're, you're more of an expert on this than me, so give me a little bit of information on this that you have. Um, it was discovered in the 90s, from what I can remember, and they just started the excavations on it fairly recently. I do believe it is mentioned in Graham Hancock's uh, series. Yeah, he, he talked and said uh, the burial of the site happened 8,000 years ago. So this is intentionally buried. The civilization... I don't think I have a note in here that says how long the civilization like thrived, but the burial of the site, the intentional burial of the entire civilization happened 8,000 years ago, which is 3,000 years later than what uh, public schools teach the beginnings of human life, which is crazy. <clears throat> it really is. It, it's crazy. And, uh, Greg Braden kind of mentions this in his series a little bit. He's like, they need to accept the fact that new evidence is emerging as technology like advances, you know? Like, the more technology advances, the more information we're receiving. And the more information we receive, the more our our truth about human history changes. Like, it's crazy. There were... They say, I think that Gobekli Tepe, they pulled cores out that dated it back 20, like 24,000 years. Like there are samples that are, that have been pulled out through drilling that are like almost 24,000 years old. 
They, well, a lot of the site is still buried. They've not even had a chance to uncover the oldest part of the site. That, the youngest, the newest, freshest part of the site was what they recently got uh, uncovered. And that's what is dating 8,000. To your knowledge, do you know if they're still excavating it or has there been a halt to it? Barely 10% of it's been excavated. It's completely covered in millions of tons of stones, intentionally buried. How could the... Oh, covered in stone? I thought this was covered in like dirt and and earth. it's, It's literally like it was intentionally placed. Like it was like the blocks of stone basically were poured down into it to fill it. Like it was full on intentionally buried almost in instantly and there uh is why like the way that the stones are arranged are comparable to tuning forks like there's electrical uh it has some sort of electrical uh uh meaning to it and it's one of the most advanced sites that there is while still being one of the oldest um, it has astronomical alignments in it that, and it has uh, uh, other sim- symbology that is um, just alike the figures in Egypt, specifically uh, also like the Easter Island Moa Moa, Moa or whatever. Or not that one. Moa Moa was the ancient the space rock that they just found in recently. But that they thought was an extraterrestrial object, but that's a whole different one, different hole to go down later on. But uh, the the um, the Moai or whatever the Easter Island objects are uh, called, they are known for having their hands on their sides, but their fronts of their arms and their hands wrap around, and their fingers, more specifically curl around on the front of the statue because it's kind of like a straight up and down figure. The Gobekli Tepe figures are created in the same way. So these civilizations, Easter Island's like 3,000 miles out in the middle of the ocean. How are these people creating the figures that look the same same style? And And the same style as Egypt. Oh, wow. And the same symbols are being found in those places. Symbols of the man bags that are carved onto the rocks that are figures of the people that hold the man bags. That's found in probably 10 different ancient sites on four different continents uh, or more. And these are symbols that are indistinguishably the same. And that's something that... Well, see, one thing that I think kind of ties all of this together is, you know about the Pangea theory, about the, you know, every continent being one, one sole continent on the earth, right? They say that, like, the polar ice caps, and Greg Braden mentions this as part of the civilizations when he talks about the origins of human life, that that during the last ice age, there was a, a shower of asteroids or meteors or something, some catastrophic event hit the ice, a lot of the ice. The Younger Dryas period is what I think that's called. When all those cataclysmic events, that, that the uh, Randall Carlson is Grand Yeah, man. I, I he did. I, yeah, yeah he, he goes really into that. I, I watched a, actually a Joe Rogan I think there was a series experience. of events. Floods, yeah. floods. Yeah, but that's what I'm talking about. Like whenever those meteors or whatever it was that hit the ice, they 
melted. You got humongous, massive chunks of ice that are holding chunks of rock, or earth, whatever it may be, and then all this is flooding out over top of the land and destroying whatever the, whatever is in the path, right? Yep. They say that when it's a flood, like a torrential flood like that, it's going to carry tons of dirt and sediment with it, yeah. which is a theory of how Gobekli Tepe was buried. Whether it was not, in, it wasn't like they say, they say that it wasn't like so perfect that it was done by hand, but the burial wasn't like, this is where the, there's some kind of conflicting theories that come right. up where one of them say that it was like they intentionally buried it. Like the people had something to do with it. But I, I have problem with that when I don't f really uh, subscribe to it. I like Randall Carlson's theory with the uh, floods and how the water going across the land would have a massive effect well, on that. Like I said, I watched the Joe Rogan experience with Graham Hancock and Randall Carlson in it, and he pulled up a map yep. of places him and Graham Hancock had been, and he was like showing, zooming in and showing the, the terrain. Yeah, the ripples in the terrain. He's like, if you look, he's like, if you go back, he's like, if you follow, he's like, you look, this is this is countries, continents, spaces away, but then you've got the water at the very beginning of it all, which is crazy because the power of water is absolutely immeasurable. You know what I mean? We underestimate it. So, Origins of Humanity, topic of Greg Braden, and you mentioned uh, Gobekli Tepe being eight to 10,000, but in that episode of the Out of Place Objects, they were finding, they said that, and this is bizarre, that the scuba divers, the one of the more recent ones, was the was the geared uh, the geared clock that they, they said was like a it was used for astronomy and guiding themselves yeah. like with the stars. With the stars, yeah. And this and was they found it in nineteen hundred. Nineteen oh one. Nineteen oh one is when they found it, and um, I'm pretty sure it was like nineteen oh nine. Whenever they discovered what it was like it was like 10 years later that they finally made the discovery of like what it was that they found at the bottom of the ocean and they like you said discovered that they used it for astronomical purposes but that's just absolutely bizarre because the date on that i can't remember i might have a note on that because i i watched that and that was an absolutely insane insane episode that was one of the younger ones the newer ones and they say it dated, I believe it was like a little bit before 2,000 years old. It was a little bit before B.C., somewhere right around 2,000-ish years old. And then the the other objects that they were finding in the deep, deep cores, like in the, like, like the Paleolithic and time periods, dating 200,000 years old, they found a microchip that was... Embedded in a rock, <laughs> inhoaxable, unhoaxable. You cannot, cannot. cannot. The hammer that they found in that embedded. There was a hammer that was discovered, embedded in a piece of stone. A footprint in the in the in the rock. It was like yeah. lava, and there was a footprint perfectly preserved from like two hundred thousand years ago. Can't make it up. Absolutely <laughs> insane. To speak of the out of place artifacts, in my notes here, I have. Out of place artifacts or OOP oop art. 
2016, NASA released anomalous photos about Moon. This was where there is structure, structures multiple on the Moon uh, that there are images available to the public to see that are just blurred out. And uh, people don't know about this stuff. Oh, dear. People don't know about this stuff. Like, if you don't believe me, get online and look it up for yourself. I looked it up. It's crazy. It's disgusting. It's been, it's it's been, it's been mentioned in several different. One of the best that I've know that I've come across, and I have that guy's name written down in my notes. But I'd have to. He, he, it's in the unacknowledged uh, documentary when Stephen Greer is is documenting the. Uh, the National Press Club event back in uh, it was the early two thousands. It was the uh, it was right around nine eleven, like the time period time early two thousands, and um, whenever the government was being all shady with our our money and missing tax dollars and all this and all that, but it uh. Anyways, there is a gentleman who worked in the military who comes out on the unacknowledged program and says that there was a period of time when he was working for the military where he was pulled into a room with a guy and was shown images and was told, uh, have you heard of the base on the moon? And they said, he was like, oh, he on to tell him about how there are functioning bases on the dark back on the back side of the moon uh that we were not the first ones there um the nazis were there before us there uh there was um a lot going on needless to say uh the astronauts, for example, they will they have testimonies in the same documentary um, talking about when they landed. They were saying we're not alone. Uh, there's stuff. There's things. Some things. What objects. is this documentary called? I want to write this down because I want to watch this one. Unacknowledged. It's one of the. It was the one that I would say tipped me off onto. Uh, I would put it up there with any and every documentary on Gaia. And I, I was going to say, is it on Gaia? I, I hope. I don't know for a fact, but I would say so. I'm going to double check. And, because I want to know. I um, and, uh, it, yeah, it's one of the most mind-blowing documentaries that I've ever watched. Uh, I would highly, highly, highly recommend it. Acknowledged. Unacknowledged. Unacknowledged. By Dr. Stephen Greer. Oh, I see. Now, I've seen Dr. Stephen Greer. I know of a couple of things. I, I may have seen that before, but this was before. I remember, you remember when my little cousin was with me and you showed me the solar flare and all of the crazy. I came home and that's when I bought Gaia and I went on a crazy deep hole about Man. aliens and that's when I learned about Stephen Greer. But at this point, I wasn't really submerged in the spirituality and the self-development and I really didn't take Gaia as seriously as I should have at the time because this was... This was right around the time um, whenever I was not in a good place and I was drinking a lot and wasn't in a good frame of mind, um, but the guy helped me get through it, guys. I'm telling you, it's good stuff. Everybody needs to get on it immediately. Don't sleep. Yeah, I'm telling you, don't sleep on it because it will change your life. It won't let me log in, but I'm going to look it up. Oh, yeah. They're, they're it, it, just some of the names that... They, 
There are firsthand testimonies by presidents, by physicists, by doctors, by uh, other countries, ministries of defenses. Um, is it disclosure with Dr. Stephen Greer, the, the series, or is it a movie? Because I, if it's a movie, I don't think it's on here. That is, no, that is not it. It might be on, uh, it is. 100%. It is on Amazon Prime. Well, it's on Amazon and Prime. And he and he has a prequel and a and a s- sequel. One of which shows a small body of some sort. I can't say what it is for sure, but it I don't know what it is actually. It's about an expose of the world's greatest secret. Yeah. Starring Stephen Greer. Oh yeah, that's he- it's heavy stuff. <laughs> Two ninety nine to rent it, seven ninety nine to buy it on Amazon Prime. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. For what you could literally buy a Big Mac for, you could buy this movie and have your head lifted off of your shoulders. It's like we talked about Stephen Greer a little bit in the first episode when you were on, and Stephen Greer is just an absolutely crazy individual. This guy has had the craziest life, has the craziest stories, things that will absolutely leave you sitting in your chair saying, what is this man on? What am I watching? What is this? But he's a former medical doctor. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I I understand his background, his credibility, but in the essence of the content and the things that he says, the information he puts out, you're just like, what? I was just like, what? You know, I ended those those uh, that series on Gaia Disclosure with Steve. I mean, I watched a couple episodes of that, and I'm going to just blow your lid off. Absolutely blow your lid off. Just crazy. The stories of him having extraterrestrial contact is crazy. Well, he's actually the gentleman who coined a, a new, uh, I believe it's called CE5, and it's basically where you stage your own event with a... UFO and you can get this meditate and come into contact with it and it will show up like in the distance and you can see a UFO in the distance and they have it documented on film on multiple 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 occasions normal people they started an app and it's as simple as just going out into a field and having some simple equipment. But the thing is, people don't realize, most of the time you have to have special cameras to see any of it. Ultraviolet or uh, special, like not a super expensive. But the image. naked eye cannot see this. Not Nine out of ten times. It's crazy, man. But a lot of the time, lot, some of the times you can't. And they will make it visible for you to see with the naked eye. But a lot of the times they're not. And this goes back to what we talked about in the last episode about the NASA space footage of the tether and all yeah, those shit, yeah, all that yeah, crazy yeah. shit out there. Majority of majority of those that footage is only visible. It's not visible to the naked eye. They'll take they'll look back, they'll ring back and say, "Are you all seeing any of this?" and they'll be like, "No." And they'll be like, "Oh, wow, this is cuz it'll be on they'll have footage up on the screens yeah, from infrared or whatever yeah wow and wow 
Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, but the moon base, the moon base is is pretty pretty heavy. It kind of goes, it, it kind of. We touched on the moon being hollow in the last episode. And, oh yeah. And and there's apparently yeah there's a a lot of stuff going on up there and um and well the out of place artifacts, uh you know we don't know we don't know anything but it's it's there for people to acknowledge. You know, but it, it's crazy that the system keeps you in a place where you don't. Well, I don't think that most people have access to it. No. You, or I guess you could say this: you don't have access to the knowledge if you don't know the knowledge is there. Yeah, it's just ignorant, and not a negative sense. It's just you don't. It's not you. You're, it's you're it's a it's an ignorance of not knowing. Right. Yeah, that's lack of information. Right. So to um, skip forward this a little bit to. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about with Greg Braden is uh, heart and brain coherence. I've been waiting to talk about this with somebody other than myself. I've been having conversations with myself about this for the last four days, man. This is really crazy stuff. So Greg Braden talks about in an episode of his show, Missing Links, the coherence between the heart and the mind and what that means. So he says that it's scientifically proven now, and we talked about the aura that extends five to eight feet from your body, scientifically proven. Um, and it's also scientifically proven that every human heart has 40,000 specialized cells inside of the heart. This is an intelligence. This is just like your brain, in an essence. This is like the cells in your brain that connect with each other thing, you know, that, that allows you to do everything that you do. And what he goes to say is that there is a connection there, but it's not natural. Or maybe it is natural at, like, at birth, but we become disconnected through the upbringing, the environment. And uh, I think that really, I think that the the life that we lead is the journey of coming back to being coherent with the brain and the heart. Because what he says, what he said was so powerful to me because I've been on this journey of self-discovery now and all this, you know, positive stuff for probably close to a year now. And what I've realized is, is I have all of these ideas and all of these techniques, but a lot of it I don't see crazy results from in my life. Just yet, you know, but I, I never really gave it any stock of thought because I, I thought to myself, it's just going to take time. It's going to take me time to get there because everything takes time. You know, we are wired a certain way. It takes time to change. It's a logical way to think, right? Mm -hmm. Well, Greg Braden made a really good point that it takes three days, 72 hours for your heart to expand the cells in your heart to expand and grow, and grow new connections just like how your brain does with the technique and we talked about this before we started uh, airing but this is a heart coherence and brain technique that you basically hold your hands um, or something close to or on the heart center and close your eyes deep breaths Five second inhale, five second exhale, and you just think positive thoughts. You think thoughts of compassion and love and gratitude and 
acceptance and all of these things just for three to four minutes a day. When we talked about this earlier, you said that you had some experience in this as a yoga teacher. Talk to me about that. Let's dive in there and talk about what that experience was, how it affected you, and how it affected the people that you were doing yoga with. As a yoga teacher that has 300 hours, that's important. I want everybody to understand that. Yes. Uh, it, it, it was honestly kind of a incredible discovery that I made unintentionally. It wasn't a discovery in essence. It was more so just a it's a self a self discovery that I, I I've come across. It's a discovery for you is what it finding is. the information recover, recovering the information and and it was I learned a little bit about it because I I'm closer I'm almost a 500 hour yoga teacher certified yoga teacher. I 90% through my 300 hour class I've completed the 200 hour class so right on the brink and um, I've got experience teaching close to I mean I lost count it was several hundred classes I was teaching one to two classes a day five days a week for two for three to five years probably the entire time that I was practicing and uh, was receiving results myself and some of the ladies that I was practicing with even had some results. Those results were rooted in what Devin mentioned, the kind of the breathing and the technique that he brought uh, brought up. And it was very intriguing to me because it was incredibly similar to one of the closing routines that we had in, in the cool down section of the majority of almost all my classes. Because the classes were rooted in breathing. And the reason being the life force that... Breath is powerful. It's our, it is the light. It's the life. It's what keeps us alive, literally. The only thing. It's what pulls in the life force and expels the toxicity of our body. And the soul, like the scientific fact behind our breathing techniques like that is we're bringing in more oxygen than we're... Then it's we, necessary. Yeah, we're we're kind of upping the reserves, mm -hmm. and we're expelling the majority of the what CO two is what we expel when we're breathing out, which is a toxin, and so it only makes sense that you're going to receive some sort of supercharged effect from super supercharging or 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 super filling, overfilling your oxygen reserves Capacity, yeah. and. And expelling all any and any toxic, toxic CO two that you have in your body, and though that is proven, not only in it feel the our feeling and what people say in these classes and in a lot of different techniques and 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 all all across the board that benefit us. Mine were rooted in yoga. Greg Braden's he mentions it with his heart and mind connection, which. If you think about it and you get into it, it's one and the same. It's the same exact thing. And I would be curious to know if Greg Braden had any background in said in the, in the yoga or the that that Western theory uh, or Eastern theory. I'm sorry. And I would be willing to bet because anyone on Gaia, there's a good chance that they have some sort of a thought process linked to that. Right, yeah, or that they practice yoga because it's an important practice. And I think truly that... Ancient. Ain't very ancient. Dates back 
further than probably we know. Written in stone, the earliest yoga, uh, the earliest yoga techniques were found on tablets, literally carved into tablets. They were the uh, I want to say that's what they were called, the Vedas, and uh, uh, it was just these ancient, ancient scriptures, basically that were showing people how to do this super powerful practice that was literally the the simplest technique of maintaining our physical and mental well-being to a super high capacity almost to the point where you develop what the yogis know as cities or the yogic superpowers highly related to uh, healing a lot of healing concepts like Reiki um, it gives them they say psych psychological like like almost like not like I you, you could call it telekinetic telekinesis where they almost can read the mind or read a person and it's a very very interesting subject that's something I would encourage people to look into we'll get into it at some point but yeah absolutely uh, because it, it plays a big part. And I think that yoga in itself, the act, the, the physical motions of it, you know, a lot, if you think about it, really, a lot of yoga is hand gestures. How many times in yoga do you bring your hands in front of your heart? Think about Well, the closing position is the lotus pose, which ironically you start with bringing your hands up over your head and to coming together, fingertips together into a basic mudra. You can specialize that to uh, make it specific to your liking. And then you bring your hands down in front of the heart. And a lot of times you're given you're giving direction to think of gratitude. Think this is of what I'm positivity. talking about. Yeah, man. See, this is uh, the inhale, inhale the positive, exhale the exhale negative. The negative and, yep. mm-hmm. and it's directly centered in and in mind and heart and connecting those two things. So basically right there, we're going to go from that. Just literally the last words you said, the mind and the heart and connecting those two things, because in Greg Braden's research, when you do this, whether this be in yoga or whether you just do this exercise where I'm talking about, you can do this anywhere. You can do this at work. When you're on your lunch break, you can do this at work. If you're, you know, you got five minutes, take a step aside, put your hands close to your heart, close your eyes, take some deep breaths and distinct positive thoughts for three minutes. Scientifically proven that three minutes of thinking this way can affect the growth of the cells in your heart for up to six hours. I want people to fully imagine if you take nine minutes out of your day, how many, I don't even know how many minutes are in a day, a lot. Take nine minutes out of your day, three minutes when you wake up in the morning, three minutes in the middle of your day, whether it be at lunch, whether it be in the early afternoon, and then three minutes before you go to sleep. To collect yourself, bring yourself back for three minutes, man. And, and what kind of positive impact would that have on your life? Oh, it just... I'm sure it's absolutely astounding. Yeah, I can only imagine. I because mean, this is new information for me, and I'm going to imply that into my life. And I am so ready because, like, I truly feel it in me that it's going to make a positive change. 
Well, Wim Hof will talk about it, which is another. Oh, he's another excellent. magician who get it. Look at check him out. <laughs> another but, magician. I love that. Uh, Wim Hof is a magician. Absolutely, a magician of breath. He'll he'll talk to you directly about what the cause of the benefits are and the the uptake of the oxygen, the expelling of the CO two, the supercharging of that. It allows. It, it stimulates blood flow to specific areas. You can direct that blood flow by simply doing a body scan, which is another thing that you can get into with the yoga. Close your eyes, and if you feel you have to do a, a body scan, it's a self-check, and you're thinking, okay, you've got your eyes closed, you put your hands together, have them in front of you, and you start up at the top of your head. And you go down, you go to first your your left eye, your right eye, your left ear. You're scanning your entire body and you say, how am I feeling in that area? And you have to pay special attention to each area. Don't exclude any. And you'll eventually come to a place where you'll find an issue if there is one. And that'll give you an answer to something. What question you might have had, what could I do today? Address the issue you may have came across where you're hip was aching believe it or not that next step could be the yoga routine or a specific yoga pose that is directed to unlocking the tight psoas and hip flexors which can cause a multitude of issues cramps stomach cramps uh back pain lower back pain um uh lower stomach pain um the list goes on and and, and, and endless and and you could this is i'm getting ready to you got to stop me now (laughs) you go you're going around the yoga yoga master yeah yeah, it's 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 going it's i understand it man because literally and this is the thing that i love about this man is that all of it every single bit of it ties together all of it man all of it you want to talk about ancient civilizations? Sure, you can talk about that. But then guess what? You're going to lead into yoga from there because it's written on stone exactly. in ancient text. You want to talk about, uh, well, I would kind of exclude UFOs from yoga. Well, actually, no, I'm not even going to do that because yoga can get you into a state of meditation. A lot could... of yogis claim to have been into contact with Oh with beings that's a lo- that's where they get a lot of their information yeah this is something just from just... spiritual beings that are outside of the yeah i watched a clip from something i don't remember exactly what it was but it was talking about yogis it might have been greg Braden talking about an experience going and, and being with yogis that don't i think that's what it was it was on missing links it was talking about how he went to place where these yogis he couldn't even mention their names their faces on camera nothing because it is literally sacred these people don't move their physical bodies they they're healthy don't get me wrong they're healthy people vital people strong but they literally do not move they sit in meditation for 8 to 12 hours a day and they like don't do anything they like they don't tend to their own food that like people do things they have monks but then they have the yogis like you said that these people have dedicated like 50 60 70 years of their existence to nothing but meditation and in that oh my god the amount of knowledge that you could gain from that is absolutely it's unfathomable we have no idea we literally have no idea the majority of us never will never will you know 
No, because and another thing that we don't know, like there are civilizations that have books that are fifteen hundred years old that keep a record of of like truths that have been passed down, you know, through the literally through the ages. We talk about you know the the internet having instant access to knowledge. Like for, you know, we don't have access to any knowledge. That's real knowledge. Real knowledge that's passed down in books that are 1,500 years old that are like in a tunnel somewhere, in a temple, like that are kept from the masses of the world, which Gnostic is, texts, those were some of the very, very first texts that were ever found. They were in, found in a cave. These are some of the original writings of the Bible where the original Bible was written from were the Gnostic texts. The Gnostics are a sect of Christians, or uh, a sect of Christianity. And they're, uh, like I said, the Gnostic texts were scrolls that were found in a cave by mistake by a little pilgrim kid, and they were burning them for tinder, for fire, because they didn't have any, they found them in clay jars up in a cave in the middle of the Nag Hammadi Desert, and uh, it's close to Egypt. So and some of them got lost. The majority, the vast majority, and the majority of the rest are, un, I mean, they were ancient, ancient texts, some of the very, very first of origins of humans. And where the gods and the origins of humanity, the unknown stories, and they were burning them. And then they found, they've realized what they were, and then they've preserved a lot of them because there's thousands, thousands of jars that they've ended up finding in various other locations. Just clay jars with, with like scrolls? Some of them copper, wound up copper scrolls with with cuneiform, like, it's, it's, it's heavy, heavy stuff. Cool and incredibly, incredibly cool, cool things uh, that answer a lot of your questions, answer a lot of the questions and confirm suspicions and, uh, and really you don't, you don't, there's nothing you lose from it. Uh, all you could do is gain and it's, it, it just opens your eyes to the vastness of the possibilities and, 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 and it gives you a little bit of a direction of, of where to look for where we all came from and and where it truly began. Because there was a beginning, whether anyone wants to believe it or not, and there, no one's right, because I believe there were a multitude of different beginnings. I, and yeah, it's they were all led by the same group yeah. that were saying the same things. And that's why you find a lot of these... Uh, similarities. similarities between all these yeah, cultures absolutely. from their stories to the simplicity of how we live as well, humans we wake up we eat we do a service of some sort and this is all rooted in yoga <laughs> ironically <laughs> yeah oh god it all comes back together it all, I just I love how the next thing that I plan to talk about was just like consciousness and spirituality and like just kind of your views on that. And, uh, and here we are talking to just about how Christianity did it. We just rolled right into this. And uh, so from, from here, I want to kind of dive in because in my journey, I, I'm going to start this off. In my journey, <clears throat> I used to, I don't know what it was, but I just had like a, a just a fear of dying in general. You know, just the like... I don't know if you ever experienced this uh, at any point in your life, or if you do now, we can talk about that. But 
I used to, whenever the thought of dying came about, somehow, some way, doesn't matter how it was, if I watched a movie, whatever, it doesn't matter. It would make my heart race. You know what I mean? Like, it would freak me out. Like, the thought of not waking up and having this scared the shit out of me, bro. Horrified. Because I just was, this is the problem. Lack of knowledge. Ignorance. I didn't know. I was so clueless. You know, and people can say, like, yeah, with the religion thing. And I'll never hate on anybody for the religion ever because it all is a different vessel to get to the same exact destination. It doesn't matter if you preach the Bible. It doesn't matter if you love the stories that are written in the Bible and you as a person can relate to them. That's great. If that is your vessel to get you to be one with yourself and to realize that you are connected, like you are not alone and you are connected. Like, it's just a vessel to get you to that point. Like, dying used to scare the shit out of me, bro, because I never had that. I never had that vessel to get me there. Gaia has given me that, you know. Uh, and Danny Morell, I talked to you about him a little bit on the last episode we had together. And just his views and his perspective allowed me to shift into that this is not the only thing that we have. You know, this is not it. So Danny Morell, like, his content really showed me, like, hey, there's more to it than this. There's proof of it. Think, like, when you shift your perspective of what uh, life is and the things you've been through and how you hold the keys, you know, like, all your traumas in your life, the bad things you went through caused you to be who you are, Blah, 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 this, that. So my perspective changed, and now I don't I don't fear dying. Like, the, the thought of it, like, it literally, it'll, it'll come, and then it goes. It flows in and out of my brain. It doesn't scare me anymore. Talk to me about your experience with this, if you've ever had it, or if you know of somebody that has had this experience, how's that went down, and what are your thoughts on it? I've got my own experience with it. I used to be incredibly, incredibly afraid of the thought of death and what happened, the unknowns, the what, where do we go, what, what is, am I good enough to pass, if you will. Right, is it um, like heaven or hell, is it fire, yeah, what, or is it flying just up into everything, heaven? the whole concept. Um, I dealt with death not... Uh, not very often. I had a great grandparent die in the middle of my uh, probably early, like maybe teenage years, like 13, maybe 12. And um, then no one for quite some time until just here fairly recently. And so, I mean, I guess I experienced it, but didn't have a large, large, large dose of it. And but I still had a massive fear of it just because it was just never exposed or never was given an opportunity to develop any thoughts of it really other than fear as of kind of like horror movies mm -hmm. make you, you know, yeah, you get man. those negative yeah. emotions that come up later on in life. I learned a lot, the perspective of the thought of it, it completely uh, has changed. Um, the Bhagavad Gita, the book I've oh, talked to you man, about. I want to read it. 
was a major, major contribution to that, a line out of it, um, kind of stuck with me, uh, mentions Krishna, their leader, one of them, um, talks about a certain form of meditation and a certain phrase or saying that they use is literally his instructions on how to die. This was found in some of the early yoga, yogic texts that I would mention, like the Vedas, I believe is what they're called. I had to confirm that, but I'm fairly, I'm pretty good, pretty sure on it. And this, and, and because the Vedas make up the Mahabharata, which is their spiritual epic, essentially like a big version of the Bible, hmm. their version, but just a lot bigger. And it goes back five or so thousand years, which is, which is a kind of an interesting way to build off of the modern Christian religion and it gives you an idea that there is a little bit before not the if you're depending on what part of the bible you're into but this i don't want to get too heavy into religion because that's not what i'm talking here to talk about it was more so just the specific art art or you know uh, excerpt from it and what it how it affected me and my view on death was when it's just there's this there's this god that provided an instruction or you know figure calling deity what you will that provided instructions on how to do it and it's simply just breathing and allowing it to happen and the simplicity and then their root of in reincarnation is so heavily rooted in their culture it's in christianity too i mean jesus christ himself was reincarnated mm-hmm. Uh, it was a concept that was removed from the Western culture, older Testament, the old Testament, mm-hmm. which was the Dead Sea Scrolls or the Gnostic texts that I had previously mentioned. That's the old Testament. The old Testament. Yes. Those are the stories that were found. The old Testament. One of those being the book of Enoch, which was the, which was written by Enoch, who is the grandfather of Moses, who I believe is the uh, grandfather of Noah, who uh, did the whole whale thing. Um, the history's all intertwined, and that's when you really start, you're like, hold up, wait a minute. Like, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. This is too much for me right now. And uh, he, uh, but Krishna mentions the instructions on how to die and gets into the concept of them, you know, the school of life. And, and basically all we're here to do is love and pay attention to the lessons that we're presented with and growing from them. That's all it is. It's not money. It's not possession. It's not being a bigger person and feeding our ego and, you know, looking better or this or that. It's about feeling good, look like, doing what you need to do to do that and not harming others, loving others and uh, the simplicity of it. And, and then learning those lessons when they are presented and graduating into the graduating the school of life is what they call it. It's their terminology for it. 
And if you graduate, then you join, you you ascend to the higher dimension, or call it what you will. And if you don't, then I guess you come back as a rock. (laughs) (laughs) Either that, or you just come back as another person to to live again. And and that's that was that was just a little that was humor, but that's no essentially that's what. Like you are gonna come back and you're gonna have to relive it, and, and that's relive why the same lessons over and over and over again until you until you get it. Which can kind of make you little a little bit believe in Matthias de Stefano and his many past lives. <laughs> I swear that guy, so I love it, it. And there's like when all when you look at all those things from a very backward, like you're very you're like a objective, I, I believe objective point of view. Uh, it, you just, it's hard to say none of it can, like, he's a kook or any of that. It's just like, man, he's just reincarnated. And they say that some of us have the ability to see our past it. lives. And recall it. It's, some of us do, some of us don't. And that's where deja vu comes from. And a lot of those, like, weird, like, oh, this has happened before. Or something. So since we're on the topic of reincarnation real quick, I'm going to ask you, uh, have you heard the theory that... Birthmarks are related to past lives. Loosely, very loosely, and I've I've heard of it. Like I've heard of some on the wilder side, like they're possibly a person who has died an unexpected death in a past life, and the birthmark is corresponded to, to the a, to give a clue or something? injury, like. It, they had a birthmark on their head. They may have gotten hit in the head or shot in the head or something like that. Or something. And that was like one of the wilder ones that I had come across was just like it kind of corresponds to a past experience of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like about, that's about as far as it went for me. Yeah. It, uh, that's a far-fetched theory. I just wanted to know your thoughts on that because that... I've heard that before, and that is a that's a yeah that's a deep one to go down. I'm not sure. I'm sure there is topics on that out there because I'm sure somebody's got the knack to talk about and dive into that. But uh, yeah, we we won't get too far down into that. Um, so I want to go back to the fear of death real quick. We we've talked about our experiences and how we view it. Um, do you think that? the fear of death has been used as a tool to control and manipulate people over time. Like, oh, yeah. I think that you think that they have instilled a fear of dying in people like kind of a, you only get one shot at it kind of deal thing. Right. Yeah. This may be controversial, but, uh, I'll preface it with, uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, maybe it, that to me that seems to be a, a, a method of control and to instill fear in someone where you follow our roles and follow us and what we say and what we believe or you have to fear the eternal damnation to something right do that <laughs> to something like whatever they're what going to say in hell if you will and it like the whole concept of you have to fight like, I don't know it, I, like I said I don't like getting too far into it because like I said I don't disagree with the original 
taunt like religion, but I do disagree with the modernized version. Modern man's business and business and economical way of 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 bringing in both politics and the banks into religion, both of which were supposed to be kept out of religion. Yeah. Mentions in the Bible itself. I'm not even a big person in it, religion or the Bible, but I know this much that it, one of the few times Jesus was violent or or promoted violence was removing the bankers from the temple. And, yeah, and we mentioned that in the last episode too. Just because that's important, it's important for people to understand. Be a good person. Choose something and belong and belong to something and and believe in something. That's the ultimate thing. But are you upholding your end of the bargain? Are you really following what you're doing, or are you doing? What's the reason? What's your reason? What's your why? Because there's a lot of the wrong reasons that go yeah. into it, and. And uh, there's no pure like there's no pureness in in a vast majority. Yeah, there you never say there is no. There isn't a lot. Or there's not from my our experience in right. personally, but my experience. And I think it's I think it's uh, majorly too, just as a collective, you know, nationwide, worldwide, kind of a thing. There's definitely a, a major divide, and and that's another thing that that I disagree and I don't like is I don't like how it's so divisive and and just picking a side and it's not and like I don't believe that you should have to pick a side. No, because we and we talked about this too on the last episode that most most religions in the world today, when you look at them, the originals, you see that they're all. Pretty much the same. They well, not the same. That they refer to the same ideas, the same practices, the same concepts in every religion, because it all comes back to the same thing. Because there's just a universal power out there. There's something bigger, something more collective that every person throughout history has had the capability to connect with, and the people that have connected with it have wrote about it and they've made art about it and they've created history from it right and then here we are today and that, that that's the, that's just so good because that's the journey that's what this is that's what that's what people's journeys into religion are that's what their journeys into spirituality are that's what their journeys into becoming the best version of themselves are which is great you know it's killer whatever there that is for that person ultimately like all that matters is, you know, do, doing it with your heart and your mind yeah. and being positive and you don't have to worry about it because if, you know, you're doing your, your part or I guess uh, what you were, I guess they call it your dharma and that's a yogic concept. We can get into that later on, but it's essentially what your responsibility is as the human being here, both that you were given at birth and that you've acquired from your actions and, uh, and, and fulfilling that in the simplest or most extravagant way possible and, uh, being happy and loving people and loving yourself. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's the best. I want to go back to Greg Braden and that heartbreak coherence really quick before uh, we end the episode because 
what all of this means, what all of this heart-brain connection means is that once you achieve this, once you start doing these practices in your life, you do the yoga. Like if you don't want to do the three-minute practices that, that I mentioned earlier in the episode, do some yoga. Yoga makes you feel better. It's good for you, healthy. There's a million benefits, and we'll, I'm sure in the future we're going to do a whole Which, entire I mean, episode it's on directly yoga. incorporating this. That I mean, the literal same, same thing. I mean, same, it's, the, it's, same it's, exact it's the same thing. exact thing. And once you achieve that heart-brain connection, and you know the the cells and the neurons in your heart connect with the ones in your brain. You have at that point, you have the ability to tap into the subconscious and you have the ability for increased and powerful intuition on demand. And then you have the ability for basically like super learning, like uh, it's like basically superhuman knowledge processing uh, on demand. Whenever you want it, it's available to you because you have this heart and brain coherence connection. And it's like I said earlier, you know, I've been on this path. I've been on, I've done so much journaling and I've done a lot of meditation. I've, I've gotten into alternative healing with crystals. I've done a lot of things in the last six months to a year, but I don't really see a whole lot of crazy benefits from that. And now that I've watched this series with Greg Braden and I understand what the heart brain coherence is and I understand how important it is, like it is going to make me get into yoga. It's going to make me do this three-minute exercise more often because once I achieve that heart-brain connection, bro, like my whole life's going to fucking change. And that's the most important thing. I've got two small children that I can teach to hold their hands on their heart and breathe for three minutes and just think I'm grateful for mom and dad. I'm grateful for my house. I'm grateful for whatever it may be. You know? like, And that is so fucking powerful, man. People don't get it. People don't get it. And this is the thing that I want to mention. You don't have to be religious to do this. Guess what? If you're an atheist and you don't believe in God, close your eyes and just tell yourself what you're thankful for in your life. Yoga is not a religious Yoga is not a religious practice. Being positive and thinking positive thoughts is not a religious practice. You don't have to mention God at all to yourself to achieve this heart-brain coherence. This is powerful stuff, man. People think you have to you have to go to church and you got to be one with God and all this and that. Patty whack, do all this, and it's a big long process. Like that, I thought that this was going to be a long process for me to change. But three days, Greg Braden says there's scientific proof that three days of doing these exercises and these processes, you're gaining connections in your heart that want to reach out and connect with your brain because guess what when you connect your heart and your brain you're a more powerful human being bro amen <laughs> what can you say about that dude i mean there's nothing else more to say other than it's it it's as real as it gets it's the old one of the oldest and simplest techniques to become a well-rounded individual in many 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 different ways and it's as simple as it will, I mean, literally blood flow to your brain. You're going to stimulate building more connections in your brain. It's going to allow more memory retention, more knowledge retention, like you said. And uh, that's all stuff that it's, it's, it's expected. 
and don't I mean don't be surprised don't absolutely be surprised. and the thing the thing that really shook me on this was when I was watching this episode of the Heartbrain Coherence on Missing Links Greg Braden pulls up footage of a heart scan of people thinking positive thoughts gratitude love compassion acceptance and you literally can see cells branching off and connecting with each other. You can see it under a heart scan. When you And it's just like we've talked about. A lot of people need concrete proof to believe in things. Like if you want the concrete proof. Be your go, own. Be your own. Be your own. We're not. The, it, 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 it's not prejudice. It doesn't practice our Western, our Western habits. It's not, it, it doesn't, it's not, it's not racist. It's not sexist. It does not choose it who you. it helps. It is you. It's, it is all you. It is simply the self. Yes. And it, that's it. Everyone is, everyone can do it. Anyone and everyone can do it. I've helped people who started out coming off of an oxygen tank, barely confident enough to go to the store by themselves for over 30 minutes for fear of not being able to make it out because of their breathing issues. And, and they started on that. And by the end of it, they were completely autonomous by themselves at the store for an hour and a half. Breathing deep. Oh, for full, like completely on their, uh, just life changing. And, I've watched it in my own experience and then my, like I said, a couple of people that I've known personally that I was helping in, in my classes and it, uh, and it, it doesn't necessarily have to be yoga. It can be, it's your own version of just connecting your mind and your heart sitting there in the room and thinking to yourself that your mind and your heart are going to connect together and that you're going to get something from it and you're going to grow more love and more gratitude and just speaking it, have fun with it. Do what works for you. Yeah. It's trial and error. Like you can't, you can't just take other people, what works for other people and expect it to work for you. Like, and this is something that I struggle with in the beginnings of my meditation was I had a hard time with sitting still, like, you know, because people would say, oh, when you're sitting there meditating, like, I I watched, uh, Sadhguru was a big guy that I like to watch, the yogi dude, like, he's a yogi, you know, he's the man, I, I love watching him, he's, a, he's great, I love watching his content, he's so good, but, like, he talks about breathing in, and I'm not the body, I'm not even the mind, you know, and, like, I just... I would do that, but that's a very, very hard meditation to do when you're a beginner. When you when you don't meditate at all, and then you you're starting doing that, that's like an eight minute meditation of you breathing in and speaking at the same exact time, and it's really difficult. And I had a hard time with it, but then I realized once I got out of the sad guru phase that there's so much more to meditation. And Russell Brand actually is the one that really put it into perspective for me. Russell Brand said, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Whatever works for you, whatever makes you comfortable is is what you need to do, what make what works. Yeah. And you mentioned Russell Brand and that I I'm sorry for the noise. That uh it uh I have a video saved of him on my phone that I've had saved for 10 years, maybe, 
is one of the very, very first. Ten years? Yes. It's integral to, it was one of the videos I had to have it. It's him. And so, it's Russell Brand? Certainly. It's when he first went through his massive... I remember, I remember when he used to be off the chain. Yes. And he was a wild man. But yeah, yes. man, I uh, I love Russell Brand. I love his stuff. He is... That is one guy right there that turned his life... When you hear him, it's nothing but compassion and love, bro. Nothing but compassion and love. I, can you pull up YouTube? Yeah. And we'll see if I can find this video real quick. Um, man, this has been a good one. This has this been, been a good really one. good one, man. I'm really excited for this. We'll one. have this to bridge it off great. into a yeah, the next gonna, one. Yeah, we're definitely gonna come back, bro. I told you we're gonna have you on here a bunch. What am I looking at, Russell Brand? Just put up Russell Brand. Uh, uh, awakened, or something along those lines, and I'll be able to tell off of the. That one, the third one, right there. Waking a man. This one? Yep. I think that one's reality is a result of your intention and your attention. attention. It's through spiritual yes. practice that I've recognized that. This will, get me, this will get me all the way turned up. <laughs> I'm telling you. I, you know, I'll be up all night. I'm serious. I'll be uh, up all night meditating and stuff. I, I, I really do enjoy like, Russell Brand. We are really direct, the first thing that he says is. Uh, our life is a direct result of our intention and our attention. Yeah, we're going to listen to it right here. It's going to be live. Excellent. I think that one's reality is a result of your intention and your attention. It's through spiritual practice that I've recognized that m my own impermanence, my own irrelevance, the fact that I'm just a person shuffling through life, I ain't really no different now from when I was a little kid. And what I, all I want really is that not, I don't want that feeling in my stomach that people are being like treated badly. I don't want a feeling that people are being exploited. People need to live spiritual lives. All of us, I'm a person. Amazing, amazing, right uh, off the rip, right off the rip. I'm telling you, if you don't listen to Russell Brand, if you have never listened to Russell Brand after he left his acting career behind, go listen to him. The man is full of beautiful knowledge. He has meditated with yogis around the world. He's deeply immersed and he is the man. He's the man. Yeah, that's good. I'm going to watch this. I'm going to watch this. I'm going to watch this. I like that. That's great. Dude, this has been a really good yeah. episode, man. Yeah. This has been great, for yeah. sure. I appreciate you coming on, Chris. We're going to cut it off right there, man. Sure. We're going to have you back on for another episode to talk about yoga and so much more because... There's endless it's endless conversation with us, dude. Man, yeah. Endless so, I, I won't stop. I'll never stop. I'll <laughs> we never gotta, stop. We got to make ourselves. <laughs> yeah, have to. Have to. And this one especially, super powerful because sure. of the heart-brain coherence. I love this. The heart brain coherence is a big deal to me right now. I've been dying. Life changer. I've been dying for Kristen to watch this Greg Braden with me for the last two days. She's she started working night shifts, so our schedules are a little bit off right now. But I'm gonna get her on this man, and we're gonna dive deep because this shit is powerful. It's strong, and it can literally change everyone's life. Do the three minute practice. Do the yoga. Do whatever you got to do to make yourself feel a little bit better. You're gonna change your life. We're gonna do it together. Stay tuned. We'll see you guys next week. Chris, thanks for so much for coming on, brother. Thank you.